Welcome to the Swine Health Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine health research digested for you. Swine Health Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like United Animal Health, scientifically better. Learn more at unitedanh.com. Get your full value from start to finish with Ilanco. At JBI, we apply biosecurity innovation and expertise to keep your operations safe. Elbiotics, the postbiotic pioneer that helps maintain a healthy gut in pigs. Beringer Ingelheim, through innovative solutions, cutting-edge research, and world-class experts, Beringer Ingelheim helps producers operate with complete confidence. Learn more at swineresource.com. My name is Dr. Clayton Johnson, and I'm the host of the podcast. And joining me today in our international podcast studios is Dr. Keem Sigalis. Dr. Sigalis is a veterinarian and professor at the Autonomous University in Barcelona in the Veterinary School. Keem, welcome to the podcast. Um, you and I have had a chance to interact through the years. And uh, uh, for, for anybody who maybe hasn't had a chance to get to know you, Keem, please give the audience a little background on yourself. Yeah, thank you very much, Clayton. It's, it's my real pleasure to stay here with all of you. Well, uh, as you indicated, uh, I'm uh, I'm a veterinarian. I finished my career in 1991. Then I performed my PhD, which finished in 1996. But I had the opportunity to do a, a doctoral stage at the University of Minnesota uh, during at least yeah approximately 15 months, and I did part of my experimental uh, thesis in there together with a group of Carlos P. Joan. So certainly I miss Minnesota from this point of view. I, I had a very good time at the, there. And since then, I became a professor at the Autonomous University of Barcelona, and I have been involved basically in diagnostic service, teaching, of course, and research. Also, the research is partly ascribed to a research center, which is named as Research Center for Animal Health uh, in Spain. Catalan is, uh, is the acronym is CRES, Centro de Recerca en Sanidad Animal, and uh, we we are working in different species, but me personally, I'm I'm especially focused on pig diseases. I changed a little bit during the last almost ten years because in 2014 we started working with MERS coronavirus, so nothing to do with pigs. And of course, when uh, reached the 2020, uh, due to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, we switched from MERS coronavirus to SARS coronavirus too. So this means that they have been working during the last three years with COVID-19 animal models as well. Excellent. Well, Keem, you may be the first person ever who's joined the podcast from Barcelona who said that they've missed Minnesota in February, uh, but I can certainly appreciate what you're saying and, and appreciate uh, your background and coming on the show. I know, um, Keem, you have long been an expert in the area of porcine circovirus. Um, from back when we were just discovering this you know, pathogen could be a problem for pig producers to the current point today, and when I saw that you wanted to come on the podcast, I was confused, Keem, because uh, PCV2, we have figured out, we have fixed, right? We have a vaccine and life is good for PCV2, right? Is, uh, is there anything worth talking about on the PCV2 front? Yeah, in fact, if you look back, you would say, damn, that it was a really, really a ter terrific disease back to the late 90s, early 2000s. But since the advent of vaccines, especially in the U.S. 2006 and Europe 2007, and then the, the, the whole world, well, uh, the disease almost disappeared from, from Earth. However, it's true that during the last five to seven years, and in fact, it was described by 2013, people from Iowa State University, cases in which 
come on, there's a diagnosis of PCB2 systemic disease, the formerly known as PNWS, in farms that they are already vaccinated. Of course, the numbers of those affected farms were very, very low. However, the major problem is that you usually focus on your problems, not on your successes, because the successes are there and they are expected. So from, the, from, the, from that point onwards, time to time, we are seeing cases of well-diagnosed by the classical approach of clinical, pathological, and viral uh, virus detection in such lesion, cases of PCB2 systemic disease in already presumably well-vaccinated farms. And this uh, prompted us to try to investigate what was the cause of that. And one thing that we discovered over time is that the, the epidemiology of PCB2 has been changed. It has been changed not in purpose. It's something that occurs, of course, by the continuous and massive use of PCB2 vaccines and very good PCB2 vaccines. Otherwise, probably would not have changed. And those very good vaccines, of course, caused a significant decrease of the infectious pressure in the farms to the point that sometimes even your uh, animal flow becomes negative at the very end, at the slaughter age, with almost seronegative animals. Imagine for a while that you are taking some of those seronegative animals as your, as your future breeding stock. Of course, if you are not vaccinating such future breeding stock, your guilt, the point is that you may enter animals which are fully susceptible to the infection in a cycle or in a, in a group of animals in which even at a low level, the virus is circulating because the virus, you know, it's ubiquitous. So this can be the triggering factor by which some farms, and especially those that the triggering factor for the disease, we must remind that this is a multifactorial disease, that those in which the triggering factors are present, then suddenly you experience the systemic disease in spite of vaccination. And of course, the reaction of the farmer is, I'm doing exactly the same as always. How it's possible that now doesn't work. And it's not a matter of the vaccine. It's a matter of this change in epidemiology, really. Yeah. So the, the epidemiology is, came in 2005, the virus was becoming endemic, meaning all pigs were getting infected. But without the vaccine, the pigs all got sick, all got sick. So we had not just the endemic infection, but we had a lot of disease to go with it. Now that we have the vaccine, we still have the endemic infection. Because just like with COVID and our vaccines, right, you're not going to make that virus just disappear. It's not practical today to eradicate PCV2 infection from a population. However, we've depressed the disease to a point where we really, especially in closed sow farms, don't see a lot of transmission. And we're producing piglets that are definitely PCR negative at the time of weaning with very low maternal antibodies, and those piglets, if not vaccinated appropriately, are extremely susceptible to the problems of PCV2 when they see that virus. Yeah, in fact, the major problem is that when a kind of early infections take place, especially because the sows or the gills are seronegative, and of course there's not a lot of transfer of antibodies, uh, or generally speaking, maternally derived immunity to those piglets, the major problem is that Early infections do occur, sometimes intrauterine, and the viral, the natural viral infection is competing with the vaccine. So if the viral infection takes place before you are vaccinating in, let's say, low levels of antibodies, which is what you measure because we are not measuring solar immunity uh, in a regular form, then is when it could happen that a, per, a proportion, I would say, a proportion of animals may develop this systemic disease associated with PCB2. However, it's true that in spite of such a situation, we never get back to the big disasters that we had before 
the advent of vaccines. So the, the impact of the disease is there, but it's much, much lower because at the very end, it's a matter of population. Uh, when we are facing such change in epidemiology, one of the things that we have observed is that, especially the, the, the breeding stock, sows or gills, you may have quite a lot of variability in terms of antibodies. And this is probably the major problem. We do not have a solid herd immunity. If you have a solid herd immunity, probably you will prevent such a possibility. And for the reason, the possibility of vaccinating sows and gills might prevent such a situation. However, the point is when to vaccinate that sows in order to prevent also interference of adrenal immunity with vaccine efficacy in piglets. Keem, if I'm a veterinarian or a producer and listening to this and I say, well, I'm I'm the example of what you're talking about. I, you know, I don't have PMWS like I did in 2008, right? I don't have 20% death loss in my finishing pigs from it, but I have more than I want. What steps would you encourage that producer to take to understand the epidemiology of PCV2 within their pig flows today and optimize their vaccine program? Yeah, here, uh, first of all, I would recommend that as long as you are experiencing, let's say, more loses than you expected with a clinical picture, which is at least compatible with PM, uh, PCV2 uh, systemic disease, the first thing is try to do an integral diagnosis of your problem. Because we have experienced in the past that a number of people, they believe that this must be PCV2. And when you try to establish the corresponding diagnosis, even PCV2 is not there. So try to be open-minded and might be could be PERS, could be influenza, could be any other pathogen related with your problem that may resemble PCV2 systemic disease, but you must be sure. However, if you go for the classical diagnostic approach and you get really a case of PCV2 systemic disease in spite of vaccination, the point here would be especially try to monitor PCV2, not only infection, I would say also serologically. And it would be very interesting in sows, even more than piglets, because my uh, expectations would be that in the south, your herd immunity, as indicated before, probably is very variable. And as long as it's variable, it could happen that a proportion of piglets coming from those sows with a poor immunity are the ones at risk. So the way of trying to prevent such a situation would be ideally to vaccinate sows. So this is a way in which you can prevent such a situation. Or what could happen that when you are vaccinating sows, you can decide, I can vaccinate the sows by cycle, I can vaccinate uh, uh, in a blanket fashion, or even alternatively, I can vaccinate at the very end of gestation. Well, the vaccination at the end of gestation is probably not the very best option, specifically because when the vaccines, in fact, in the US, I believe they were not registered, but in Canada, they were registered at that time, the possibility of vaccinating sows was intended to provide a really solid immunity to the piglet, to protect the piglet. But here we are talking about another thing, which is to build up a solid herd immunity. So from this point of view, the, the ideal situation would be to have homogeneous herd immunity, but not especially high at the time of farrowing. So to me, the best of the options would be try to vaccinate your gills or your sows by cycle. So at that way, you can be sure that you will have relatively moderate to high antibody status, but not extremely high. That may jeopardize the vaccination or the efficacy of the, the vaccination in the pigs afterwards. So that could be a possibility. However, one of the things that happen usually as well is if I have the diagnosis of the PCV2 systemic disease, 
in a farm already that I'm vaccinating, in the short term, some vaccination will not have effect because you need time in order to try to prevent uh, such, a, such a scenario. And one possibility, at least transitorily, that we noted it may work is to vaccinate the piglets even earlier in time. Because sometimes we have uh, in our head that we have to vaccinate at three weeks of age or three, four weeks of age. Sometimes in scenarios in which the herd immunity is really poor, vaccination of animals earlier on may prevent a number of problems in your piglets. But this would be the transitory phase until you have the rich, the solid immunity that you should uh, go for, for your sows, basically. How, so if I've got one of those herds, Keem, where my maternal antibodies are very low, and it appears that the, the sow herd is very quiet for PCV2 infection, that there's no clinical signs of disease and, you know, PCR negative everywhere we test. How young of a piglet would you attempt to vaccinate? Would you go all the way down to processing age, you know, that kind of five days of age? And if so, would you give a split dose or a single dose? Any thoughts on that? Well, th th that's another possibility, the one that you mentioned here. I'm pretty sure that if you have, uh, let's say, low antibody levels, globally speaking, even vaccination at 10 days of age, 12 days of age, or, or even earlier should not be a problem. The piglet will respond. I'm pretty sure about that. However, the major problem is that probably you do not have overall everybody with low levels. You will have variability. And the major problem is that if you are vaccinating piglets at 10 days of age, for example, for certain piglets, this would be excellent because they will prevent uh, the effects of a potential early uh, infections. But for others, it would be too early, and then you will jeopardize the effect of vaccine. In such a situation, and again, temporarily, it would make sense to double vaccinate the piglets. You can vaccinate them at 10 days of age and then return a second booster at, for example, three weeks apart. At that way, you are covering those with minimal immunity at the very beginning and those with rather high immunity at the same time. So that would be a way in which, in the meantime, while you are not stabilizing the breeding immunity, you can uh, operate. And in general things, it tends to work. Salmonella presents significant challenges to pig health and performance and poses food safety risks to humans. As the first and only vaccine offering live attenuated strains of both Salmonella cholerosiasis and Typhimurium, Enterosol Salmonella TC from Beringer Ingelheim protects pigs against both stereotypes with a single oral dose. Talk to your Beringer Ingelheim representative to learn more. Keem, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. You are always a wealth of knowledge, and I applaud your thought process. How you think through things is, uh, is worth the listen, whether you have a PCV2 problem or not. Um, to our audience, thank you very much for joining us on, on this episode. Please go to visit our website at swinehealthblackbelt.com. If you like this information, please subscribe to the podcast um, so that you, you get all of our good information that comes out every week. Thank you, everybody, for listening in. I hope everybody has a great rest of your week, and we will see you next week. Hey, everyone. We're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. If you have a swine health-related research trial and would like to come on the show to talk about it with me and share it with our audience, feel free to send an email to healthblackbelt at swineit.com, and we would love to take a look at your research.